Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to Jerusalem News, JU Israel, the Teachers Lounge podcast, where we give you background to understand what's going on in Israel and make sure that you feel connected. I am your host, as always, Michael Unterberg here, also as always with co-host Alan Goldman. How's it going, Alan? Uh, it's going pretty good. After Chagim, we're after the holidays. We are. It's been a little bit uh, hit or miss. We've been uh, usually we have four episodes a month. We only had like two over the last month because of uh, all the festivities. Yeah, and the short work weeks. Yeah, and we're trying two microphones again, so we're being technically ambitious, trying to see if we can do it without making all sorts of extraneous. Yeah, we're seeing if Alan's ADD can. Well, remain under control and he doesn't move around too much. <laughs> yeah, you can move around as long as the audio is good. Well, uh, today's topic really is sort of coming from something that we're writing, uh, a conversation we've been having about, uh, which we call the social studies model. Uh, should I introduce the topic? Yeah, I mean, it's your chiddish, it's your novelty, so. Well, basically, the, 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 what I've been thinking is... Well, well, you should probably. Oh, sorry. Okay. You can say the problem. You say the problem. Well, first, yeah, in I other think, words, we you... face as a community, we're facing this problem in the Jewish community that we're not sure how to teach about Israel in the diaspora. We're finding this problem where we want kids to love Israel, and then they get to campus and they're unprepared to talk intelligently about Israel. They are also overwhelmed by negativity about Israel, and they're not sure how to process it. And so we have this challenge of. How do we keep kids passionate um, about Israel and still understand the complexity that goes with running a country? What are you finding when they're here in Gap Year? Because we teach in, you know, 20 plus Gap Year schools, over 500 students. What do you find? I I find that there's a range of how much information they know about Israel from really dismally almost none to not bad. But very rarely do I meet somebody who's well-informed about Israel. Um, I think they're missing basic fundamental. For instance, there I don't think there's a school that I teach that I don't have to explain legally why the West Bank is different than the rest of the state of Israel. They've heard the term West Bank. They don't understand what it means that Israel hasn't annexed it. They don't understand what annexation is. They don't understand the situation for Jews and Arabs living in the West Bank. Now... I'm not saying... And do they... So they, they definitely don't understand the distinction between West Bank, Gaza, Golan Heights, and what we'll call Israel proper. Right. Now, I'm giving that, I'm giving that as an example. There's a lot of things they don't know, but, but even things that are so fundamental that, that any, any, almost any news story that they're going to encounter and any conversations they're going to have on campus, there are basic facts that you need to know about, basic issues, basic debates that happen within Israel. If you don't know about those, then you are not prepared to speak about and think about Israel as an adult. So I'm going to ask you something I'm not sure you can answer, but what do you think they think when they hear the word settle- settlement? They think a, a, a nice community in the hills of Judea or Samaria where they probably have visited relatives. They know that everybody's mad at the Jews who live there, and they just think that's crazy right. because... That's, so now that's, you're talking about the modern Orthodox. Modern Orthodox, Orthodox I'm student. talking about modern Orthodox Yapir student. Modern Orthodox Gapier student basically think, you know, I don't know why everyone's so mad about it. It's such a lovely, beautiful thing, and you know that Jews are living there. It's terrific, and it's so annoying that you have to go through checkpoints and that there's sometimes danger. And the non-Orthodox? 
the non-orthodox think that this, in my experience, think that my students think that it's really problematic that that Jews live there, that it's part of some uh, political move by Israel's right, and it's being supported by a right-wing government against the best interests of peace in Israel. Okay. Without really getting what's happening, why it happened, how it happened, and how it stands. Right. Or where it is. Right. Now, you could say that they're that way about the countries where they come from also, but it was taught to them. In other words, if you're talking about, let's say, uh, I don't know. Well, here, I, you know, here I'm sort of switching over. If you're talking about in America, what are, you know, uh, the Second Amendment and the fight over gun rights. Well, in a good social studies class, you've discussed that. Now, what the kids actually remember from high school is another conversation and an interesting challenge to pedagogy. But at least the school did its job in having that conversation in class. So that's gotten you too. That's why I think that we should be thinking about teaching Israel in the diaspora from a social studies perspective rather than a religious studies perspective. Or in addition to, depending on how you want to slice that. But whether it's orthodox or non-orthodox schools in the diaspora, I, I have a challenge that I ask students sometimes where I say, explain to me why the state of Israel exists. Don't use the words God or Holocaust. Because neither of those words will either, will help you explain Israel to somebody in the 21st century right. because it will become... Well, explain why, 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 won't, why can't I use... I think everybody can understand why God you can't use because that's... Because if you don't believe it, then you don't believe it. And it's also, it shouldn't be relevant. God should not be relevant in a question of 21st century international law or geopolitics. So, why, And why can't I use Holocaust? Well, because Holocaust is easily dismissed by anti-Israel people as why should people in the Middle East lose their land because people in, the, in, in Europe. Europe committed a genocide against people of a particular religion. So is that the only reason why I shouldn't use Holocaust? Well, I think the real reason you shouldn't use the Holocaust, and I think the real reason you shouldn't use God, isn't for tactical reasons. I've given tactical reasons why it's not effective mm-hmm. to persuade people. But the real reason is I don't think that's a real understanding of Zionism. Her- Theodor Herzl was informed neither by the Holocaust nor by God when he wrote the Judenstadt. But he was informed by anti-Semitism, which is the yeah, ult- Holocaust is the ultimate expression of. That's true. But it wasn't... Because so, I get pushback from kids on that, or, or questions. I can't use Holocaust, but can I use pogroms? Can I use anti-Semitism? <laughs> I get, well, they make a duke. <laughs> well, first of all, I think we should worry... We, what can I use should not be of primary concern in a yes. classroom, right? It's like, do you understand? Right. He was, of course, informed by anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism was very relevant, that the Jew is a stranger in whatever land he lived is because of his national identity. The Jew yeah. doesn't assimilate, doesn't lose his national identity, and then ultimately will be oppressed because and of his otherness. vulnerable. Yeah. A best-case scenario is vulnerable. Yeah. So we need to rebuild our, our national structure. You know, so, so he was not informed by God or the Holocaust. David Ben-Gurion was not informed when he made Aliyah in 1904, I think, by God or the Holocaust. Zionism... Haram clearly was not... 
well, even responding to anti-Semitism. He said that that's not the issue at all. Chaimites, man, you, you yeah. just go down the list of people, Zionists, who were before the Holocaust. Well, it's not even only before, but even... The formative years of Zionism are pre-Holocaust. Right, and the idea is it's not only a vulnerability that they're dealing with, it's also a fact, uh, physical vulnerability. It's also the, the, the self-determination of a people. Auto-emancipation. Uh, it has the to people, be in the people are, the, uh, A diaspora people is an unhealthy people. A nation outside of its own land is definitionally a wounded, damaged nation, and it's time to repair the nation. Okay, so there are cultural, political, and moral, and all sorts of aspects to that. But that's what Zionism is, and that's what the state of Israel is founded on. Right? Right. The so, Declaration of Independence doesn't mention God. And says that the Jewish people formed in Israel. Does mention the Holocaust, though. <laughs> Absolutely, it mentions the Holocaust, because in 1948, that, that's a very... Yeah. They're, they're basing stylistically on Thomas Jefferson's Declaration of Independence, that the that, that current events have to be relevant to what we're declaring now. Right. So, so how, do, how do you think we should be teaching Israel well, studies? Well, I guess what, what, I'm th- what I was thinking about was that when I went to school many, 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 many years ago, my social studies teachers taught us about complexity in America, in the American system, in a democracy, that it's messy and complicated. And in history, you know, we were taught to revere Jefferson's ideas of democracy and the Declaration of Independence. And we were taught the, the evil that was perpetrated, uh, you know, as a slave owner. And we had to think historically about why would that be and how do you reconcile that and how those issues reflect, you know, going forward in America and how do we wrestle with issues of complexity today the 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 one that pops into my head is i guess i guess it was i don't know i guess it was 5th grade no it was 7th grade when john lennon was shot and my teacher mrs rubinowitz came in and started talking about that with us and do we understand who he is and what effect he's had on the culture and what effect his death will have on the culture and then she just said can he get a fair trial? That was an interesting conversation about how our our judicial system works. That has stayed with you since. Yeah. It made me think a lot about, you know, the rights that you're guaranteed to, but how do they manifest in the real world? The real world's messier than a simple statement in an amendment to the Constitution. So basically, if it hadn't been for Mrs. Rabinowitz, you would be making a lot of money in high tech. No. <laughs> she sent you off on the... No, I'd probably be making <laughs> not a lot of money in law. <laughs> but, but, but I think that... In other words, what I think when, we, when, we, when diaspora schools think about Israel, they think of it as, an, as a Judaic topic to be learned by students, but not part of uh, the functioning real world of these students' lives that they should play a civic role in the development of. Right. For sure not. I, I would say it's like this. I think there's two aspects that I see how they teach Israel. One side is the like the the religious connection, and, and not just for the Orthodox world, for the religious no, connection. No, I, I meaning, find my, my students who didn't have an Orthodox education still have trouble talking about Israel without God. Right, so that's like the religious connection and like the Kotel or, you know, all the different things that we know. And then, then there's like modern Israel, which they kind of learn as a foreign country. You know, okay, let's start study now like a foreign country. Right. So that there's like... 
not only are those things not integrated, but they're not getting this sense of like the Israel here today is relevant as as a as a modern Jewish state. And it should be relevant to you as your homeland and yeah. the state of your people. So I'm going to do something uncharacteristic of us on this podcast, which is I'm going to ask you to be practical. Practically, what what would in your mind, like when you're throwing, you're batting it around now? Again, it's not running it out on paper, but like, like what what would that look like? What would the curriculum or the courses or the, you know, in a broad sense, but I, I very practically, need, I think you need a course. I think every school needs a serious course in Jewish history, but not. Okay, but let me clarify. I don't think I don't think in high school education you need a university academic course in the history of the Jews. I think you need just like in the history of the United States, you don't learn about everything that happened in the hundreds of years that the United States exists. You learn about what things leave resonance today in our current you know, the Teapot Dome scandal doesn't get a lot of time in a high school class, but it has to get mentioned because it has to do with how we, you know, govern today and you know how we deal with graft and and and, and uh, uh corruption today so you know and the same with with the, the unionization industrialization all those things we deal with high school social studies is taught here's what happened in our history that you will find relevant as a member of the american experiment going forward okay so what do you think in jewish history is relevant for israel studies today I mean, for the student who wants to know about Israel. I, I think to understand the state of Israel, you have to have a sort of oddly skewed history course where you teach you, – you're learning Bible, and that's not really – you don't really need to bring that into history class. But I think you do need a class in Second, second Temple period. Meaning the like a, the last attempt to make a Jewish state, like a, a government type class. Like yeah. what were the different groups and like what do you mean by a second temple? What I mean you the history, the history of the second Jewish Commonwealth, how it went from the Persian period to the Greek period to the Roman period, and how the Jew the Jews evolved culturally and politically within that world. I think you then need to do a course medieval and modern about how the Jews adapted to the diaspora and how those adaptations affected what we think of as Jewishness to this day. Such as? Such as? Well, I mean, medieval, medieval's thousand years, right? So I'm talking about over a thousand years. I'm talking yeah. about 1,500 years because you have to include yeah. the Talmud and the Gaonic Age. and Right. I'm just saying that's a thousand years, not including the, the modern period, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 500 to 1,500, let's say. Yeah, you have to address the take. Golden Age of Spain. You have to right. address the Crusades. You have to address... Uh, uh, the Jews. Well, basically, you also need the time between the Roman and the Gonic period, right? The Chazal. The so a little bit, a little bit. Because that really shaped how we. Well, you end up you end up having to get into a certain degree of like uh, intellectual history. In other words, what what cultural products did the Jews create in the diaspora, and how do they resonate today? Um, right. I mean, because in those, they're creating the foundation there for, you know. Keeping the connection alive and keeping the they did the, the Jewish identity. They did it. I, I did that. Cor- I did when I taught Jewish history. I started the year with reviewing the story of Yochanan ben Zakkai. You know, looking at the the destruction of Jerusalem as the loss of the executive branch, the loss of a geographic capital, the loss of so much, but attempting to preserve a judicial and legislative as a as a mobile. Meaning, Jewish center. give me Yavne and its and its wise men, or the Sanhedrin. Essentially. Yeah, that's what he did. And the idea was for for a keep few centuries the, after that was to keep that as the central 
Jewish control, the center of Jewish life, when it falls, or unravels, dissipates in its ability to control in, let's say, the third century. So the center of the Jewish world moves to uh, Baghdad, really, in Iraq. And then eventually, by around by the time you get to around a thousand, you no longer have a center. You have different communities, and so that process. The, and, uh, in other words, the decentralization of yeah, yeah, Jewish yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, a history course that says the Jews in their natural natural state as a nation is in a state. Right. Here's what happens when we. Lo- here's how we survived the period where we lost our state. It's a pretty depre- It could be a pretty depressing course because you know it's going to wind up in the Holocaust. You know, modern, right, so uh, you're, you're giving a very Zionistic. I'm arguing that that uh, right. that, that Zionism uh, compels Jews in the diaspora to teach a social studies Zionist course. Right, right. So how is this different? And then, than and then the we, last we unit would have to sorry. be, and I, you can break it up. I don't know how you break it up. Yeah, but you would have to do the Zionist movement, the State of Israel, ending with a civics course and how the Israeli government works and what are the issues facing Israel today. And that's not happening now, you think? Uh, I, I, you see this as one I, course, by the way, over one year? Or do you see no. this as, as over high school, like starting each year having a different... I, I, over high school. I, I did it in three years when I taught in Cleveland. Mm. I did it over the course of three years. Right. Freshman year was uh, uh, Second Commonwealth. Sophomore year was uh, Medieval Modern. And then uh, senior year was... Zionism, rise of the state, and civics, right? Culture, you know, just life in Israel. What does it mean to be? What? What is? Where is Israel today, and where does it need to go? And how are we going to get it there? You know, those sorts of social studies, right? That's what I did, and I and I think that, uh, and again, it's school. I don't, I don't have over. I don't have exaggerated view of the impact that school has on every individual person, but for kids who think in terms of that way. It, it, it allowed them to think of Israel as one of the their Jewish civic responsibility was at least for a time at the forefront of their mind and for many of them that had enormous impact and I hope for all of them it had some impact right so you're saying you feel that if this would make a, a significant change if we started looking at it this way well, what I'm saying is we're, we're, we're trying now, to a certain extent, in our conversations about Israel education, we're trying to reinvent the wheel. We're trying to say, well, how do you teach kids to love something but still show the complexity and the good, the bad, and the ugly? Well, I mean, that's what we do in social studies. Mm-hmm. The only difference is we don't think of – I think we've lost the, 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 the Zionist self-image in the diaspora that Israel is our homeland and our country. It's not a nice place we can run away to if we need to. It's not a nice place. Or on vacation. Exactly. It's not a nice place we can go on vacation to enjoy. We are not consumers of the of the Jews in Israel making a Jewish future. We should be active participants in the Jewish future, whether we live there or not. We absolutely have a stake in that in that future. You know, the Jews in the United States in 1948, there were about six million Jews in the United States. There were about six hundred thousand Jews in Israel. When it was declared. Today, there's under 6 million Jews in the United States. And Israel's coming up on 7 million Jews. So, if you're looking at the trajectory of history and where things are going, 
Now, you don't have to be a Zionist. You can say, well, I don't believe that the Jewish state is the future of the Jewish people. I'm not a Zionist. Okay. But I think in I think that if you... I mean, that's fine. Yeah. But then... Yeah. Well, obviously, we're arguing for a Zionist from a Zionist perspective. For Zionist schools that want to teach a Zionist perspective, that want to know how to teach the state of Israel as something deeply relevant that the kids are passionate about, you should teach them to be patriots of their homeland. The same way you do about America, or I, I presume England or Canada, or wherever mm-hmm. it is you go to school, your school's social studies staff are largely the ones whose job it is to make you a passionate patriot, aware of the complexities, and to be a good citizen moving forward. So I mean, there are some you know serious challenges to this, to this job, uh, to this uh, I guess model. Um, clearly, uh, I think one of the huge ones, and this is uh, I'm not not a brilliant challenge. It is obvious is the language and being participatory in a in a country where you actually are illiterate and non-functional in language. Because well, that's what we're creating. I mean, that's the fact. That is a fact. I, 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 I'll say two things about that. One of them is I do think that there is a – the lip service that used to be paid to teaching Hebrew in American day schools uh, to a large extent has fallen into disuse. People don't even claim to be – they used to be – it was honored more in the breach than in the execution that they would teach mm-hmm. really in Hebrew – I was very fortunate to go to a school that really did work on making sure we could leave, you know, speaking and, and hearing and, and reading Hebrew. But it wasn't that uncommon in American day schools that they said they would and they didn't do a great job. Today, I don't think they're trying to. I don't, I don't hear the lip service so much anymore. Um, and, and, and I think that's, that's an unacceptable surrender in Jewish education to, to raise students who aren't literate in Hebrew. That being said... You, there's certainly I mean, we'll say we can even say that is one of the pro- fundamental problems. Yeah, I and mean, you want to like you know bake someone love fall all over the country and they they can't even. It's foreign, you know. It's, it's literally a foreign country. A foreign country if Correct. I can't speak the language. Correct. So so Hebrew literacy is a very very important and often neglected step in making the kids feel like Israel is their home and not a foreign place to visit. But that all that being said. There's more than enough in English for English speakers for material. There's more than enough in translation, whether you're talking history or current events. Like that, that shouldn't be mm-hmm. a challenge. You can do you can do the whole thing in English, and and again you shouldn't. But I, I think that's an easily overcomable obstacle. Right. Um, and what about the you know just a lot of it of social studies is also living in the place. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly. I mean, I kind of remember, even though I think that social studies has fallen off. Is I, mean, I don't think they, they have it in high school anymore. Uh, they do. They I do looked, still. Yeah, I looked online. Uh, not as popular as I, mean, I think it is once was, but I mean, I just remember, you know, in social studies, like learning things about my like Philadelphia, where I, you know, where I grew up, and you know, ma- making that connection. That is a yeah. An important part of, of of the civic life and what was happening. Yeah, they still. I think around they still do zoo. things like that. No, I'm saying so. That's a that's a challenge to. Oh, because you're not you're not directly connected. You're to not it. Directly well, connected. That is a challenge. Look, I, you, I you have a different election system. You know, not only system but cycle and seasons and. Well, I'll say I'll say your daily news, right? Their their daily. Fe- I mean, even though news has changed and feeds and things like that, but generally, when when our students are looking at the news for Israel, it. It, you know, is very skewed towards the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, 
as opposed to like today, you know, what's the big, the, the other night I was going home and got stuck on the highway because the um, handicapped people were having, have been having demonstrations for weeks and weeks now because um, of their, uh, their social security checks are not, you know, matching uh, inflation. So, that's and that's not in the peripheral awareness of an American high school. Kid. Yeah, and, and a kid, so a kid will be under, like a kid living in Israel now faces that. That's a civic issue, right? So I'll say I'll say a couple things about that also. So how can we do that? I think we that's something we need to yeah yeah work on. Huh? Look, I'll say two things about that. One of them is again I'm going to respond with the okay that's the problem. I mean, yeah. if you're a Zionist losing the diaspora, then you're going to have a headache. <laughs> it's a lot easier to be a Zionist in Israel. It is. <laughs> But if you're not a Zionist, that doesn't mean... I don't know. Sometimes I think the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> well, that may be true. I'm sure both are true. But in this sense, in terms of education, by being in Israel, you get a lot of the education done naturally that you have to work triple hard by living in the States. I'm not, you can be a Zionist in the States and you can educate Zionist youth in the States, but that's going to take a lot more work and it is absolutely harder. That being said, I'm doing the same thing I did before. Yeah. I'm showing the problem. And then I was saying, but that being said... Dude, that's Zionism, right? Every yeah. Zionist thinker. This is the problem. Here's the solution. Right. So that being said, that it is, of course, a burdensome problem. Part of what social studies teachers struggle with is making kids aware of what's going on in the world around them. I remember in, in, in elementary school or, or middle school, uh, we had to do like a weekly news roundup for the class where we had to present the current events. They're... they're, they're Teachers are always trying to make their kids aware of current events because kids are not necessarily yeah. tuned into the things going around them in their country. They're tuned into popular culture or in their sports interest or whatever it is. And part of the job of the social studies teacher is, as a citizen, you have to be more aware of what's going on around you. So, yes, it is harder to make them now aware of a place that's 6,000 miles away. But honestly, in the 21st century, not so hard. It's not so hard. Not so hard. It's in right. their pocket. Right. All the connectivity they need is in their pocket. Now, we want to, you know, sort of uh, give them the passion, the interest to to use the device in their pocket for that and not just, you know. Right. Like, 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 you know, doing a current events class, but you you can't talk about, you know, the the conflict. It just says be current events about Israelis. Right. Like we were talking before about how the Jerusalem Post has, at least on the weekends, I think, has a section where it says, what's in the Hebrew news? Right. Meaning, what are Israelis reading about? What are now? Israelis you know? talking about this so, week? So, you know, having a current events thing where students have to look up what the news is, but not. Which is something, you know, by the way, I mean, that's something you can give to students to even do. In my, you know, we had a group of students who made a bulletin board and they would have, like, the news of the week in Israel. So that's something you could do. But also, obviously, when there are big stories in Israel, what class in your school... When John Lennon was killed, we knew it was going to be in social studies class that that would be addressed. Right. When the shuttle crashed, when the space shuttle crashed, when, you know, pick your major American event, when there was an election, you knew that social studies class was where that would be discussed. In Jewish day schools today. Ah, there it says, so that's a good question for, for school teachers and leaders. For me, it was my class. All the well, students knew it would be... Where, where, when, when something happens in Israel, where do you, where do you, t where do you, where does it come up? Right, right. Why isn't there a natural address? Why isn't there a class where that will naturally be dealt with? Right. I think there should be. Just like, just like election in in in, in American, and again, we're focusing on America, but it applies anywhere. So if I say America, I just mean diaspora. 
If there's a class where that would naturally come out, you could discuss it with your math teacher, but you know you're going to discuss it with your social studies teacher. So where do, where do issues in Israel come up in which class? Well, in, it should be in your... No, I'm saying that's the question we yeah. ask in a school. And that, that, would, that would be a good values clarification for a school. Yeah. Right? Do you have a class where natural, current events in Israel are naturally discussed? Or even... Uh, Major events in Israel, when there's, you know, when something would happen, the staff would always say, Mike, what are we going to do? What are you going to do? What should we do? Should we have a program? We should still we say that. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's because you have terrible judgment. But, but I'm saying, but that's, you know what I mean? Like, there, that, it should be a normal part of the fabric of the school, not something artificial that you graft on when there's something so big that you can't ignore it. They should be processing even everyday smaller things. I, my my big memory, I guess, and it, and it was the 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 Camp David uh, signing accord from oh. Begin and uh, right Begin and Sadat and Carter. The, well, they took the whole school we yeah. went into the gym because that was the only place we could go. That's where we had assemblies, and they got they, like a real time projector TV, and we watched a real time signing. Well, we discussed it in our social studies class, which was a, a, a I think probably a lot of social studies class, schools in America discussed that President Carter was negotiating this. In other words, that had international resonance. Right. Obviously, in a Jewish school, it has even more particular. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, I, I remember when Rabin was shot. That, you know, so what ends up happening is schools that have Israelis that work in the school, let's say that teach Hebrew, you'll end up discussing it a little bit there. And that's, that's in, good, in too. Hebrew class. In Hebrew class. Yeah. Uh, that's good, too, because they're Israeli, and so they're, they're plugged right. in. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying you need something better, that, bigger you're, than that. You're saying if there isn't a natural place for that, then what happened? What then? What, then where? Where? What is the the stu- What is that saying to the students? And what is the connection with with Israel? What does it say about American culture, American yeah. Jewish Zionist culture? That this school, if if you know. When, when, when Trump's travel ban is knocked down again by the judge in Hawaii, as it was this week. So I know in school where that's going to be addressed. But why don't I know when, you know, when the law, uh, uh, you know, drafting Haredim is changed in Israel, where in school will that be discussed? There should be a natural right. address for that. Right. Yeah. I, think that that's, uh, I think that's a good, a good solid question there, actually, for people to think about, to reflect on your school's uh yeah and i think i think it's not enough to use your language it's not enough to teach students to be pro israel right and then once they're pro israel now i have to talk about well how do i talk about complex issues mm-hmm. i think we have to raise zionists right and a zionist is someone who is is connected to the to the homeland as a homeland um and it doesn't again it doesn't you don't have to be here it's just easier if you're here obviously um, well, let's be honest. Work harder. Yeah. Millions of Jews aren't going to be here in the Correct. near future. They're just Correct. not. Like it's not realistic Correct. that millions of Jews will uproot and move here in the next five, ten years. So, and although there were Zionist dreams that did argue for that, not all okay. Zionist dreams did argue for that. Not everyone argued for that. Yeah. And uh, and I think you can be a very active Zionist in the diaspora. Yeah. But. You have to be active. But there's a difference between being an active Zionist and teaching, teaching your students to be pro-Israel. Yes. 
that there's a, there's a level of connectivity and understanding and belonging and responsibility that comes with being a Zionist. It doesn't necessarily come with being a pro-Israel. A pro-Israel person can be a consumer who enjoys having Israel. A Zionist is somebody who's committed to the mission and, and is a, has a civic role in participation exactly. one way or another. to be part of the mission. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the model's there. We need social studies classes about Zionism. Does that make sense? Sounds good to me. All right. Well, we sure would love to hear people's thoughts about yeah. that. Because this was a very teacher-oriented uh, That's okay. Teachers podcast. are okay. It is a teacher's lounge. That's true. So you get to listen to what teachers talk about. Right. So you knew what you were getting when you signed up yeah. for this podcast. Um, uh, not sure about that, but... <laughs> <laughs> who is? Do we? We didn't know we were getting into when we started it. No. But, but I will say this, that, that I think it's something... In other words, the issue that we're hitting on is the diaspora Jewish community becoming more pro-Israel than Zionist is a much broader issue than this particular pedagogic question. Yes. And, and, and school, you know, institutional question. It's a broader question about how, how are we talking about Israel in our synagogues and our, and our camps, yeah. in our youth groups, in our, right. Yeah. In our community. So although it was aimed at institutions, it's a, it was a teacher central issue, but it's a broader issue, I think. Yeah. That we will hit to, we'll probably hit on this issue again in the future. Yeah, excellent. And we know Balfour, Balfour Decoration Anniversary, 100 year anniversary is coming up. You love those anniversaries. Yeah, we love the anniversaries. 70, This 80, year's a big one. This one's a big one. 70, yeah. 80, 100. 100, right? And then we're going to go back down to 70 with the cuff tip in November. Wait, so we, well, first of all, in August. I was about 120 to the 120. first Zionist Congress. 120 first, first Zionist Congress. Congress. Then you had 80, 80 to Peel, the Peel Commission. Right. Then you have 100 to the Balfour Declaration. Yes. Then you have... 70 to Cuff Tip in November. The November 29th, the, the, the decision of the United Nations... Partition to, plan. ...to create a Jewish and Arab state in Palestine. And then, and then in, in, you'll have the 70th anniversary of the birth of the State of right. Israel. And in between that, 29th of November to the State of Israel, you have the... 70th anniversary to the civil war in Palestine. <laughs> well, you have the, yeah, the war of the, the civil and war then, until May 14th, and then May 15th is the is the invasion of Israel by its by all its neighbors. neighbors. Yes, I'm exhausted just thinking I am about so, that. I'm so tired. <laughs> That's got to be so many episodes. All right, and so. you have a whole class to teach tonight, anyway. Yeah, don't worry. It's at like 8:30 to 10 at yeah. night. So, uh, uh, you know. That is what it is. And yeah. I will say that once you start teaching, though, you always get your energy up. Adrenaline, man. It's all about the adrenaline. Oh, it's that teaching adrenaline. All right, everyone. All right. So thank you for listening. Uh, if you could, please give us feedback on what you like and what you don't like. Our numbers continue to rise in terms of downloads, so we're pretty sure people are listening. But feedback of any kind would be super appreciated, up to and including uh, giving us some stars on iTunes. Yes. So thanks so much, Alan. Thank you, Mike. And bye-bye. This has been JU Israel, the Teacher's Lounge podcast. Please check out our website, juisrael.jerusalemu.org, for episodes, blog posts, and contact information. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever you use for podcasts. But you knew that, right? Uh, you can follow our Facebook page at the Teacher's Lounge podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JU Israel Gap. Please keep in touch with us with questions, comments, feedback, and suggestions. And if you know somebody who would enjoy our podcast in general or an episode in particular, we love it when people recommend us. Thank you, guys.